going on, my brother? Hey, what's going on, brother? Not much, not much. You know, kicking it as always. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see you there. Um, I got, a, I actually got a joke for you. I'm gonna kick this off with a joke. Oh, we got jokes, huh? We got jokes. Yeah, we got a joke. I heard it the other day, and it kind of tickled me pink. And I was like, all right, I could, I could fuck with it. So let me ask you something. Oh. If I lose all my white friends in the snow, and I lose all my black friends in the dark, and I lose all my Mexican friends in the desert, where do I lose all of my, uh, what is it? Where do I lose all my Arab friends? All I can say is, oh, Bob. In an explosion. Oh, man. Okay. I got to keep it kosher a little bit because I'm out in my old lady's new Jeep. Uh, currently, folks, um, old Wolf over here is going to be uh, going to be mobile soon as soon as my income taxes hit. Found me a nice vehicle to uh, put a down payment on and everything. It's actually a nice for once. Get me a nice vehicle, folks. It's a 2010 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon two-door. Hell yeah. Yep. I'm with and it. It's going to be repainted. Oh, no. Look, you even said it yourself. I can rock Matt O.D. Green. That you can, yes. But anyways, folks, me and Herman over here, after I'm done rambling, me and Herman over here got a whole slew of spiciness up for you tonight. Oh, yes, we do. If you're active duty, hold on your ass, Fred, because it's going to get bumpy, and we're not talking the type of bumpy that you feel in the Navy. If you're If you're a veteran, get ready for the shit show. If you're active duty, have your comms on, have your ears on, and hopefully you have protection. If not, you but need to get that check. That itching. So that itching. But it feels so much better without it. Yeah, but come on, man. We all know how barracks bunnies be. You know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then finally, oh, hey, by the way, I finally gave you chlamydia. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you All get right. the first, or you get the dependipotami. Angry, Angry cops, that I give all credit to that reference to you. I hope I used it in the right context. If you're listening, Ang if you're listening, AC, love your YouTube comment. Love you. Love your YouTube shit. Just saying, love your YouTube shit there. Fuck AC. He ain't shit. Ball bitch. No, I'm kidding. I love you, AC. <laughs> Drills, that that motherfucker is the type of person to roll up to your house and be like, what's good with it? I would give him a hug. <laughs> before, I, before I receive this ass kicking, may I give you a hug? Why? No, it ain't no, it ain't no, there's no asking. There's no asking. I'm just going to hug him. I don't care. But no, 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 before you receive that ass kicking... <laughs> 
fuck no. I'm going to give him a hug with Crisco, but naked. <laughs> oh, dude, he'll probably find that funny as shit. Exactly. So, All right. <laughs> if, uh, if Cody doesn't mind, I'd like to go ahead and I'd like to start the podcast with a topic that, well, actually, I'd like to go ahead and I'd like to give a backstory a little bit. It's not very long, but um, of course, Three, Cody, if you don't mind. Later. Yeah, sure. Go for it, man. Everybody needs to hear what's going on with you anyways. All right. So for those of you that know, I am a sergeant. So, of course, I'm an NCO. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a leader and this, that and the third, because leader can be defined in multiple different ways by multiple different people. In my eyes, I'm aspiring to be the best leader I can. So recently, not too recently, but recently, back in November, I was put under investigation for belittling and degrading a female private that is in my section. I was her team leader. And, uh, of course, it all boiled down to we had to conduct a health and welfare check on this soldier because a report was sent up to us stating that the position she was in was so I was told by my squad leader to conduct a health and welfare check with a battle buddy, of course, and, uh, you know, see how she's living. So I saw how she's living. I saw her that morning, and I told her, this is to let you know for your awareness, I'm here to conduct a health and welfare check. I have a battle buddy here present, not only for your safety, but for my safety as well, um, because we know Sharp's a fucking thing. So, Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, she proceeded to tell me that just to let you know, my room is a hot mess. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really focused on that. I'm trying to see how you're living. I'm trying to see how you are. And battle brother. Yes. May I give a little bit of context into something real quick? Sure. So this is going to be, I'm actually going to take the comedy on this one because Herman Herman's been fighting this for a while. So health and welfare health and welfare folks is basically a health checkup, like coming by to see how you're living, see how you're doing. If your barracks is good, if your barracks isn't good, you know, if you got black mold or if you got like shit that needs to be reported, or if your ass is living like a fucking pig. And I don't mean like a pig that's well kept. I mean a fucking pig. So, with that being said, and the context given with a little bit of humor, but in all seriousness, the health and welfare is when NCOs or officers, because it can be either, enter your room if you live in the barracks. This is only for barracks people. If you live in the barracks, they come by to check to see how you're living, like see what, see what, how, what kind of lifestyle you're living, because believe it or not, for any privates out there that may be listening or listening in while uh, one of our friends may be listening to this and jamming to it on the way home, you can receive an Article 15 for extreme health hazards. Just keep that in mind. Also, keep in mind as well, um, for married soldiers, 
a health and welfare check can be conducted, but it has to be a memorandum signed by your O5, your battalion commander. Battery commander for us, art- for us artillery boys. I ain't already. I'm ordinance. Well, no shit, Red Lion. Oh, don't call me that. I'm a, I am a dragon now. Dragonfire. <laughs> but sorry to interrupt there, brother. I just wanted to give pe- I just wanted to give the peeps a context. No, that's fine. Uh, so basically, where I left off was was that we went up to her room on the fifth floor. We got to her room, and I had my battle buddy record us entering into the room. So, a lot of people have tried to fight me on this, and they were trying to say, oh, well, during a room inspection, it's illegal and unauthorized to record going into a barracks room. And I'm like, during a room inspection, yes. However, this is not a room inspection. It is a health and welfare check, because if... Photos and videos were not authorized during health and welfare checks. Then explain to me how the force comm commander was notified that housing maintenance companies on post were not doing their jobs. And married service members had black mold, had all these broken fixtures in their homes, and they weren't getting fixed. But the maintenance companies were claiming the money and pocketing it. Photos and videos had to be taken for that. So that's where I was in the clear. So we go into her room and my God, the amount of grotesque shit that I saw was horrendous. I'm talking clothes on the floor. Uh, There was bowls with cake batter mixed together that were just there on the floor. Um, There was a cup of coffee on her desk that was separating. Like, it was oil on top, cream on bottom. Disgusting. So, basically, basically what you're saying is it was going through diffusion. Yes, it was. So, her room, it looked as if, and a lot of people tried to go off and they tried to be like, oh, well, are you sure you're saying it was disgusting? It could have been like a day's worth, maybe a couple days. I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't days worth of neglect. This is weeks worth of neglect, okay? A a month. I saw the videos, folks. It was at least a month. That's what I'm saying. If not months, and it was disgusting. The stench that came out of that room. I almost puked, and I'm a man that doesn't really puke. But I almost puked. And I pretty much told this girl, like, do you not understand what is fucking wrong here? If you didn't get away with this in basic training, and you sure as shit did not get away with it in AIT, what makes you think you're going to get away with it here? And let me tell you something. It was horrendous because I pretty much laid into her where I was like, do you not fucking understand that not only is this detrimental to your health, but it's detrimental to your roommate's health? Your roommate can get sick from this. Okay? Roaches. Love living in dirty, moist environments. They love living in that shit. And those barracks are infested with roaches. So, of course, even people who have the cleanest rooms in these barracks have roaches 
running through their room. It's a common thing. I've seen it with my own two eyes as walking through these barracks, and it's horrendous. Let alone, they have carpet on the walls. I did not believe that until I walked into these rooms. There was There's office carpeting on the walls. And one of the soldiers peeled back the carpet to find black mold on the other side of that. Disgusting. And let alone, they're put in subpar living conditions. And then this girl decided, this female soldier decided that she was going to conduct herself in an inappropriate way by living like a pig. And so after I told her everything that happened, she decided that she was going to try to throw me under the bus because she got caught. Not to mention. Go ahead. Not to mention from everything that you've told me, by the way, folks, believe it or not, even though we don't upload a whole lot, me and Herman keep in real good contact. Not to mention my battle, bro- my brother, my brother from another mother. Herman, out of the kindness of this motherfucker's heart, helped her not only choose, but drove her to go get her new car, even though he didn't have to. He is a damn good leader. He chose to, he helped her and he's trying and he was trying to coach her to be a good soldier. And then and I also supported her on her journey with behavioral health, which a lot of command teams are very, they look down upon that. They look down upon soldiers getting help. I supported her 100% by telling her if she has un- unhealed trauma that she hasn't dealt with to go seek help. I pointed her in the right directions. I gave her the phone numbers. When the anniversary of her grandparents' death came, she was a total wreck. Um, I told her to take two hours to herself and that I would cover for her, to for her to be able to compose herself, and then she can get back to work because I couldn't release her. I don't have that kind of authority. But can I take a little bit of time to help you? I can. I can do whatever it is that I can control within my immediate reach. And I did all that. And then she turns around and decides to report me. And it wasn't just for belittling and demeaning the soldier. It was five offenses that I was charged with. I was charged with um, isolation, uh, hazing, bullying, um, harassment, and targeting. So they tried to charge me on five things, and they put me under investigation. And what was told to me was, if I'm found guilty, then I will be served the max punishment which is 45 days extra duty, 45 days restriction of post, one half month's pay for two months, reduction in rank, so I would be bumped back down to E4, and then I would face a possible separation, a possible chapter out of the Army. So after 30 days of the investigation, which the investigation concluded December 3rd, um, I my results came back, and it showed that I was found not guilty. Um, because the results for the investigation come back came back inconclusive because there wasn't enough evidence to show that I had done anything wrong. Although 
that I was shown that I was doing my job and I did everything the way I was supposed to, the commander for my unit decided that she was going to tell me, even though you have been found not guilty, it, it has been perceived that you have been belittling and degrading soldiers. So you need to keep that in mind. Your soldiers should never fear you and this, that, and a third. And I'm like, for one, I have plenty of people that can speak on my behalf. I don't need to speak on what I can and cannot do or my ability or my, who I am as a person. I've got, for example, Cody, he can, he considers me family. He's seen how I operate on a daily basis. I treat you how I would want to be treated. And vice versa and, with and vice versa with me to him. When we were both it, in together at 17th, he this motherfucker went out of his way for his guys, even as an E4. So if possibly one of the people in his chain is doing, if you need a character witness, hit me up. Oh, I'm let's good, this, man. Let, let's make this thing trailer park goes go around me outside. I mean, come on, let's go. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, of course, I told the commander that I haven't done anything wrong, and I was doing my job as a non-commissioned officer, and somehow I get treated like I'm a criminal, and best believe it affected my morale a lot. So, my wife has, ever since this investigation, nothing has been the same. So, my wife has said, no, no more army you're done after this contract. And so I looked at it and I was like, you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I am done because I'm not going to be in an organization where they can use and abuse me and at the same token, replace me with somebody else. Because if I go down, they have somebody else ready to take my place. So I've definitely got to focus on my family, stuff like that. So back to the situation. So I asked my commander, okay, well, what's going to happen to this female private, you know, under the fact of how she falsely accused me of something I didn't do. And the commander said she didn't do anything wrong because it was just a claim against you and because nothing happened it's not a false accusation i'm like excuse me she falsely accused me of belittling and demeaning her and degrading her that sounds like i'm being falsely accused of something i didn't do and it's like well she didn't do anything wrong so i was like you know what roger ma'am kept it moving I was going to go to Brigade Legal and Soldier Advocate to figure out what I should do. If maybe if it was worth me taking this up higher, stuff like that. So she basically got away with, you know, what she did, Scott Free. She falsely accused me of shit like that. And that also ties into my point of the talking point. The title is How False Allegations Go Undignified. And it just honestly... Looking at how I had to go through something like that and how unmotivated I have become because of that, 
that's where I feel that a lot of service members, both past and present, who have had to go through stuff like this, even for our audience that's listening, you know, I'm pretty sure even in a civilian job, you've went through something like this and to where you felt that justice wasn't served. But see, I'm a huge believer in karma. I believe you do good deeds, you get good karma and vice versa. Well, this female soldier in that new car I took, I took her to go get, she goes off and loses control of the car because the car had electrical issues. She never took care of it. The car pretty much died on her and she lost control and smoked a light pole. Totaled the whole thing. But for the record, folks, he did not wish ill will upon her. I will say that right now. Nope, I did not. I don't wish ill. I don't have ill intentions towards anybody because at the end of the day, what I believe is that I'm not going to wish that upon someone because karma will do the work. Karma will do the work. Whether it happens sooner, whether it happens later is totally irrelevant. It will, you will get yours eventually. Every dog has its day. And I'm a firm believer because at the end of the day, if I did something wrong, I know it's going to come back to bite me in the ass one way or another. And yep. then I, I got to deal with the repercussions of my actions. So actions have consequences. So that's why when she went through that, I was like, I'm glad she's physically okay. But at the same time, she got her car taken away. And then, you know, that's just how it is. So I felt like my justice was served. I was like, okay, well, you know, you decided that you were going to do me dirty and look how life did you. Life just did you dirty in return. So I think this, I think the score has been settled. But it's crazy because mine was something that way in that small of a scale versus look at how so many good leaders, so many good soldiers get falsely accused of either sexual harassment, sexual assault, uh, not doing, not doing PT, even simple uh, malingering. Look how so many soldiers and good NCOs and good officers get accused of all this stuff. And it goes unjustified. It goes unjustified. And it's just like nobody really cares about how that damages and that potentially ruins people's careers. But for the people who falsely accuse these other people, nothing is done and they get away with it. Like, for example... There was a time when we were in 17th and everything. If I remember right, and Herman can correct me if I'm wrong, there was a time that Herman was saw me like fucking holding my shoulder in pain and everything. Not gonna lie, my shoulder was swollen that day. I've I've I pretty much fucked I fucked up my left shoulder. Don't know how. I'm assuming I did it over in Germany. I can't remember. No, I haven't gone to the VA, so I probably have no room to bitch. But still. I got a cute, somebody shouted that I was fucking malingering. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't go to sick call because guess what? Field operation. No time for, no time for fucking, hey, I got to go to sick call in the AM. No, you don't. We're going to the field. That's how it is, fucking, 
and for all of you out there listening and everything, just a brief talking point real quick. Even, and this doesn't just apply to military, like Herman said earlier, to caveat. This can apply to everyday life, whether you're a first responder, office worker, blue collar worker, anything. False allegations can fuck people up for life. Yes, they can. Like, like for example, on social media, everybody talks about social media, social media, social media. There is a vi- there was a video going around that a female got her heart broke because some boy didn't want to be with her anymore. And there's a video on the social media app called TikTok where she's accusing him of being a pedophile. And and I quote from the video while he was recording the phone call. She said she was going to start a rumor that he was a pedophile because he broke her heart, so she was going to ruin his life. Make this a lesson for anybody out there who is extremely petty like that. The moment you say some wild shit like that without any evidence is the moment you fucking lose credibility on a lot of stuff. You lose credibility on everything. It's not a lot of stuff, man. Because at the end of the day, that's where nobody can believe anything that you say. Nobody can think of it as the truth. And what the killer thing to me is about all that is how a woman can falsely accuse a man of rape or sexual harassment in any way, shape, or form. And automatically, nine times out of ten, they will side with that person who filed the complaint until that person has a guilty conscience and decides to tell the truth. Then all of a sudden, that poor soul who was just sentenced to 25 years or 10 years and has to be on a registered sex offenders list, on a sex offender registry for 40 years of his life, all of a sudden is just told, oh, we're sorry about the inconvenience. Have a good day. Case dismissed. And they don't even take his name off the registry. uh, In some cases, they do. In some cases, they do. They take they take his name off. If he is proven, if he is justified, it was shown that she falsely out falsely accu- uh, falsely accused him. Yeah, they will go off and they will take his name off. And it's like at, at that point, it's not going to matter because remember, once something's on the internet, it's there forever. Oh yeah, definitely. It's there, there forever. Once something is on the internet, it's there forever. You can't get rid of it, no matter how hard you try. So when it comes down to it, these guys are their their whole lives are ruined because all everyone's gonna know is they were accused of rape, and it's like instead of getting to know that person's side of the story, they're just gonna be like, "Oh, he got off. He had a good lawyer. Uh, this, that, and the third. He might have had outside connections that forced her to." supposedly tell the truth and all this that and the third no okay because you want to know what's going through that victim's mind the true victim the person who was accused you want to know what's going through their mind that their life is over that there's nowhere they can go where somebody won't recognize them and think oh you fucking rapist or you pedophile or you piece of shit you should have been shot or you know what how about i shoot you instead save us the time so now they have this huge target on their back for something they didn't even do 
And honestly, seeing how our service members go through that as well with the sharp program that literally nine times out of 10 sides with the fucking female. Okay. It's wrong. And it's crazy because I love how they love using statistics in the sharp program. Oh, one in uh, one in six women choose to report their attacker and this, that, and a third. Okay. How's about you look at one in 10 men, one in 10 men decide to fucking report their attacker. And this is a predominant male occupation, okay? A predominantly male occupation that if they get sexually harassed or sexually assaulted, they are afraid to even remotely say anything because of the stigma that men have to face. Oh, really? What are you, gay? Like, you don't like it when a female touches you or when she goes down on you? Not if it's unwanted. Like okay, I'll tell you, I'm a happily married man, just like how you you're happily in love with your with your girl. All right, and if another female decides to grab my dick while I'm while I'm out in public with my wife, I'm gonna feel sexually assaulted because it was unwanted sexual contact from somebody that I'm not used. To. Okay, if you're not my wife, you have no business touching my area down there. And I know the same goes for you, and that's why our that's why our uh, our significant others are very similar in nature. Because let me tell you something: let 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 a let a female decide to touch us and see how batshit crazy both of them get. Don't 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 even don't even. Mm-hmm. So we both know I'm dense as a brick of lead. Yeah, but dense in a good way. at sometimes. I didn't realize I was getting checked out by a so-called friend of our roommates. It took a lot of talking to me and being like, yeah, no, this bitch is checking you out and everything. Because Freya was pissed on the way home one night. And I'm over here going like, what did I do? Thinking I did something wrong. No. (laughs) No, it wasn't you. It was the bitch looking at you. Yeah. I know. I go through the same shit every time. My wife and I will be somewhere, either at a store, at a restaurant, wherever the case may be. Or the and, fucking Walmart. Yep, yeah, or Walmart. And uh, my wife will notice, off the rip, some woman looking at me, checking me out, and I'm looking hey. at what what's the difference between these two products, because my wife's trying to tell me there's a difference, and I don't see the fucking difference. So, of course, I don't know it. I'm oblivious to it, but my wife gets pissed. And I'm like, baby, what did I do? And then she's like, you didn't fucking do nothing. It's these bitches that are checking you out. And I'm up here like, well, baby, I'm going home with you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not going home with them. But it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is that's the type of shit that happens. But let somebody, let another woman touch a... Touch a man who's in a committed relationship. Let another woman touch a man, and that woman unleashes nine kinds of crazy that nobody wants to see. I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now. My uh, let me roll my window up because I don't want to disturb people. My religion is a Norse heathen. My old lady, she's a Norse heathen, meaning we are Norse pagan. We follow Thor, Loki, and all them. 
let me tell you something. You ever see a pissed off female from that religion threaten a blood eagle, you tuck your tail. Don't matter. Don't fucking matter. Once you hear the term blood eagle come out and you know what it is, nope. Do not collect go. Do not collect your $200. You you sit down and shut up like a good boy for the time being unless, you, unless you're called to action. It, it, it's a whole different ballgame. And with Christian yeah. females, once they say bless your heart, or Southern females, and once they say bless your heart, you might as well go get the three nails and the goddamn hammer because guess what? You get nailed to that cross, Sonny Boy. That's how it goes. You ain't wrong. Fuck the, Allah, yeah. fuck the Allah Akbar. It's going to be, hey, <laughs> grab me that, grab me them boards over there. Why? We building a box. Why? Somebody dying today. Oh, uh, uh, oh. And you just have that fear. You're just like, oh, fuck. Great. What did I do now? So now, moving on to our next topic, I'll let you take charge of that one. Next topic, ladies and gentlemen, is something that me and Herman have heard a lot. And I'm pretty sure you as veterans, first responders, even some civilians that are deeply supportive of the military know what I'm talking about. When people compare real-life military to video games. Oh, God. It's like, I got a 40-kill streak and one death on, on a Call of Duty or Battlefield. <laughs> I know how the military operates. My uncle served in World War II. <laughs> Sonny, I'll, hit you, I'll hit you with, I got three kills. <laughs> if I was in the military and I get three kills, I'm calling in for a UAV. And it's like, bro, it don't fucking work like that. Shit, you can't even get a UAV. Show me in a situation where a UAV has been 100% authorized and it's not special forces. Shit, I'm just saying. What? UAVs are used for reconnaissance. They're not used to... Well, okay, correction, some of them do have Hellfire missiles and everything, but that's for certain people to play with. Yeah, but Every... they're not they're not gonna sit here. You're not gonna have a a mini map to where they can ping the fucking enemy for you, okay? Like, this isn't a video game. This is real life shit. Now, granted, neither one of us have deployed. Correct. Obviously, we don't necessarily know, but from what our counterparts of who has deployed, what they have told us, we're going to listen to. Because at the end of the day, they were there. They seen combat. And they know how it works. Okay? Like, dude. In all honesty, when I hear kids, especially 12, 13-year-olds, playing pod and all this other shit, and they're talking about, I would do so good in the military. And I'd be like, first of all, little boy, little girl, whatever the fuck you want to identify as, little potato, little Prius, I don't give a fuck. You don't know shit, okay? Or they, you get these, like, 30-year-olds that are still in their fucking mom's basement or in their fucking dad's garage playing fucking video games, and they're talking about, bro, I would clap all these motherfuckers in real life. It's like, okay, Chris Kyle, go sweep the fucking motor pool. Alright? Shit. Like, Dude. All, all, 
uses marksman and sniper rifles. I'm a fucking beast. Like, bro, okay. Try that shit in real life. You can't turn your sensitivity up to high 15, okay? No, it's it's your own reflexes. And people that are good at that shit in the military, I will sit here and say this. The best firearms people in the military have already have either already been trained on firearms all their life, drilled it into their head to whether it's muscle memory or it's competition shooters. Competition shooters are a whole nother beast. I for any of you out there that do competitive shooting, my hat goes off to you. Because the amount of precision, focusing, and dedication to sport that you guys have, you guys and gals, because yep. you got some badass women out there that can I shoot. Kind of the charger. You could you got a badass you got badass women out there. That the shoot, and these badass women can shoot better than men. Okay. And ladies and, and ladies and gentlemen, Freya is with us. Well, where the hell is she? She uh, she's getting everything ready. I was no no no. I was grabbing. Sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little uh. You get to hear a little bit of everyday interaction. I was trying to clean out the front seat. About to go on an adventure, folks, but we're not cutting the podcast. Oh, God, here we go. Let's end the podcast now. <laughs> no negative. So, so, anyways, folks, along with the whole, you know, video game shit, I love it whenever a civilian or whatever sits there and goes, oh, well, I'll do so good in wartime and everything. And it's like, no, you won't, son. No, you don't want to go to war. You'll be the first person to fucking power and hop. It's not even about that. It's just everybody that plays... Have you noticed that everybody who plays video games and everything? It's like, they're so ready to go to combat, so ready to go to war. And it's like, we don't even want that as service members. I don't know. I don't know. Don't speak for everybody, because I want just one deployment. I want the experience. I want the experience... For the reason being, and here's why I'm saying it, the reason I want just one is to finally see what our battle but past and present have stopped. For example, we may, I may, if I deploy, I may not ever engage in combat or nothing. I may be a fob at the whole time, but at least I can relate to those who have deployed and who have endured that suck for nine months and be like, hey, man, being away from your family, being away from everything you love and everything you know, I feel I've been there. You know, down to the VA one day and be like, hey, man, you know, tell me about your stories. Tell me about your experience on deployment because I deployed once too. You know, I want to see what you saw and I want to be able to relate to those people and, you know, be that other person that can lend an ear and a shoulder for those veterans who deal and obviously battle with PTSD because, you know, 22 a day is, it's too much. It's, and for those of you who don't think of anything, it is, it is in fact a real, 
like a lot of my veteran viewers. I did I did this the other day and I told Herman about it. I was on video chat with a few friends of mine and everything, and I was like, okay, here's the podcast. You know, they're all veterans. Do you guys have any topics that you want us to hit on? The one topic that everybody the fuck agreed on was hit on the 22 a day consistently. Let people know how real this fucking shit is. It's serious. I actually have videos that I did uh, back in 2020. Until Ruck for the Fallen, um, where I was doing it for the 22 veterans who commit suicide every day. I put myself through 16.55 miles of immense pain. Actually, 16.55 miles of immense pain in one day of rucking. And then I had to run 5.45 miles the next day in order for it to add up to 22 miles. It, it was rough, but I did it for a good cause. I put myself through that hell, and I still have the letter that Gritty Soldier, which is the organization for them, um, they gave me a letter, or they sent me a letter that gave me a patch, a commemorative Thank the Troops patch, and it gave me a Gritty tab for those who have truly showed their grit. And completed the 22 mile challenge. That's the tab we got. And I wear that tab proudly, you know, on my operator's hat. I wear it all the time. So trust me, it's a it's a real thing. For those of you who think that 22 a day isn't a real thing, it is. And that's why I say 22 a day is too much. Let's try to get that shit to zero. So at least we can help our veteran community. And not only that, but li- Next topic involving the veteran community. But before we move on, I do have another thing to say. If you guys play video games, that's all fine and dandy, you know? It's a good pastime. It's it's a good way for buddies to reunite, reconnect, in case you guys are, like, so far apart and everything, but you still have each other's old gamer tags and everything. It's good to to play those games. Like, video games are actually good for hand-eye coordination. I will never never deny that. However, (laughs) what I will say... Do not use video games as a basis for how well you will be in the military or how well you will be in combat. And because please, I can guarantee. Please don't use video games as an actual representation of the military. It's not true. Yeah, like most of the shit that you see on Call of Duty and everything is strictly special forces. Like if 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 anything relates to it, it is strictly special forces and special task force. That is not exactly how everything is supposed to operate. And if you have to use any video game as a basis to how the military operates, do not use Call of Duty. I'm sorry. The best one I found that actually identifies exactly how the military operates would probably be Battlefield. Uh, I don't know, man. I think... Well, I think Medal of Honor captures it pretty well. Yeah, okay, no, Medal of Honor is Medal of Honor is relatable. But still, even then, very loosely base the military off of how that goes. Because until you're in the boots and in the uniform, don't sit there and think you know it all. Even if you have a relative that's in, okay. This way, and Herman will agree with me, and so will Freya. 
Regulations change almost all the time. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter if your cousin's brother, uncle's aunt was a Navy was a sniper or your uncle or your dad was a first sergeant or anything like that. Cool. Unless they're currently serving and you've lived the lifestyle, don't pretend like you know shit. Because no, I, you don't even because the regulations for the Air Force have changed since I enlisted in 2007 fucking teens. Regulations for the Army has changed since 2016 when I hit basic. I got y'all both beat. Regulations were different when I joined in 2012. Well, none of us all will none of us serve with Jesus on the on the fucking sands of Iwo Jima, dude. <laughs> it was a better time for that. But but seriously, for all you people who are aspiring to join the military, who are aspiring to be great leaders, want to do want to do great things for king and country. I will put it to you this way. And this is another topic that I want to hit on later, but I'll just reference it right now. Just because you listen to drill sergeants does not mean you kowtow to authority. You still there, Herman? I'm here. I'm listening. I will talk about that topic later. But now we're going on to a spicy topic. And uh, no, that'll come later. This is spicy within the veteran community and possibly active duty sector. All right. Self-entitled fucking veterans and active duty personnel. Spicy. Herman, when I was when I was in the military, what when I was in the mili- when I was in the army and everything with you, did you ever see me wear anything closely related to the army outside of work? Fuck yeah. Because I was proud of my service, right? No. Because you were a fucking goober. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> Honestly, the only thing I've ever seen you wear outside of, you know, act outside of, you know, on uh, like on off duty was your boots. And it was because your boots were very comfortable. Oh, yeah. You know, no, they, I... they were shoes that you could rely on because you were doing shit. So, like, for example, you'd be working on a car with your buddies or you'd be, you know, working on my truck. Yeah, working on a truck. Uh hauling some shit you know you always have gentlemen to, to give the only thing military related that you'll see me wear outside as a veteran is my grunt style shirt and uh black rifle coffee apparel every now and then i'll throw on some camouflage for hunting or when i'm airsofting or and honestly uh, in remembrance of military holidays or national holidays, like 9-11, Veterans Day, stuff like that. Other than that, I will not do... Then you have these fucks, and yes, I'll say these fucks, that wear... Herman, you can describe it better for me. 
So the guys who wear their PT shirts as a fashion statement when they're going, they like they wear their PT shirts with skinny jeans and some Vans to fucking Walmart. Or the guys who they have their beanie cap with their dog tags hanging out, wearing a black shirt, some jeans, and their boots. And it's 85 degrees in the state of fucking Hawaii. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And automatically, the the old school military part of me kicks in to where I'm like, you must be a fucking private. Because only privates do private shit. Absolutely not. I've seen a staff sergeant doing this shit. And I was like, holy shit. Case in point, I'll tell you right now. One person that used to serve with me and Hudson back at JBLM in 17th was a clerk that I had in the motor pool. And his name was Private Class Dylan I did not like this dude for shit. Biggest fucking shit bag you ever saw. Right? He came into out of, in he came into the army as a E2 and he came to the unit. He went from basic to AIT straight to his first duty station, which was JBLM. And he came out of basic and AIT, a fat body. I will never forget. We were, he came in and we were doing a AGR run on a Monday, two and a half miles, sub eight 30 minute mile pace. You know, not really too bad. So, Next thing you know, not even a half a mile into the run. I'd say maybe a quarter of a mile. A quarter of a mile into the run, he falls out and starts hyperventilating and drinking water out of his canteen and puking and all this other shit. And I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, let's go ahead and condition you. Let's get you in better shape. No. This dude was a malingering piece of shit. He was the type of soldier that the day of a PT test, he would either go to sick call or he would show up with a profile. Well, yep. fast forward about maybe a year later, somehow, some miraculously, his fucking flag paperwork for height and weight, because he failed a PT test and he failed height and weight, and he busted tape. Somehow, miraculously, his flag paperwork didn't go through. It wasn't submitted correctly. So, he was able to pick up PFC. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So then, he decides he's going to go the med board route. Because of, oh, I have a torn rotator cuff and a sprained wrist. And my hips are bad. My back is bad. My knees are bad. You've been in the army a year, and you say that all this shit's bad, but yet I've got all these fucking injuries that I currently have, and I'm still performing. I'm outperforming 17, 18, 19-year-olds, even 20-year-olds in the army. And not to mention, folks, like, to give you a little bit about me, Herman will say, I'm, a hep- I'm, I'm not a fat body, I'm, I'm built, Nah, nah, my boy, you thick with two C's. Thick. 
I'm like I'm thick like a 240 Bravo. I'll say that. I'm thick like a 240 Bravo. That's an accurate representation. However, Herman's seen me work out in the gym. Herman's seen me run. I may not be the fastest, but I can keep a pace. And I'm and I'll the one good thing I'll say about myself is I'm fucking strong. I will admit that. I am I'm strong. Oh yeah, he's got a back made of popsicle sticks, but he's got full access to retard strength. <laughs> oh yeah, I can speak from experience because guess what? I have the same problem. <laughs> 470 pounds. What is <laughs> first thing I ask? What's my max? <laughs> and it's great. But yeah, man, like with this dude, he went the med board route. Got med boarded, 100% disability. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Oh, yeah. He got 100% disability. 100%. So now he's back in, I think, Michigan or some shit or wherever the fuck he's from. I don't really care. He's a piece of shit. And I told him to his face. I was like, you want to know why people don't fucking like you? It's because you decide to make excuses for not wanting to get better. And this was the kind of guy where he was wearing a leather jacket with his PT shirt underneath, had his boots on, had his dog tags hanging out. I even caught him one day. I caught him one day in Tacoma with his fucking PC on. Oh, my gosh. Fucking baseball cap. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like, are you serious right now? You're really wearing shit like this out here? And it's, well, it's my gear. I can wear it however I want. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a stupid fucking piece of shit asshole motherfucker. So, you know, I do what I want. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you are, you fucking bitch. And if you're hearing this, fuck you, dude. Because I really don't like you. I don't like soldiers like you. I don't like anybody who doesn't even serve their full contract. And proceeds to get med boarded with a full disability. And then as soon as you get out, want to claim vet status like you were high speed and shit. Oh, yeah. That's another thing, Hudson. I caught that motherfucker talking all this mad shit on Facebook. I caught him on Facebook. He was talking with some other dude. And I think it was on, uh, what was it? Yeah, it was on. So you remember when they had the Facebook page, uh awesome shit my drill sergeant said yeah yeah so before that page basically just disappeared off the face of the fucking earth he was talking a little bit there but then proceeded to go on u.s army what the fuck moments page and when i tell you his post he took that shit down faster than shit it was basically about him and how high speed he was and how he was serving and he served his he served his term proudly but he got med boarded and you know it just sucks because the army lost out on a high speed soldier bro the veteran community did not fucking disappoint they did not disappoint they were like if you're having to tell us how high speed you are that means you weren't high speed at all and like, I was like, fuck yes. And you, I'll even, I'll openly admit this, folks. I was not high speed. 
I was not high speed whatsoever. I was average. I would give myself that. I was average as fuck. <laughs> hey, I'm low speed, high drag. I'm old. But another point about self-entitled veterans, aside that little cliff note for Mr. Allen. Fucking um, other, other members of the veteran community and even active duty service. Now, mind you guys, there is a regulation saying you're allowed to wear one article of uniform in civilians, whether it be your boots, your tan tee, your bottoms, or just your top, whatever. One article is allowed. However, when you see... And yeah, doesn't mean you should. Honestly, like, I see some of these people walking around with the, you know, army hats and everything, which don't get me wrong. If, you, if you've proudly served, then go ahead, rock that shit. You deserved it. You, you served your contract. Good on you. But you know which ones I'm talking about that have, like, a certain attitude about them. Yeah. The whole thank you, thank, thank me for my service kind of attitude. Oh, here, this is the kicker, man. I remember seeing this dude. His name, I'll never forget his name. His name was Private Doggett. This dude went to basic and AIT with me. So he went through basic training, thought he was the hottest shit since fucking sliced bread, right? And we got to AIT. This motherfucker got chaptered out of the army for med- for mental reasons. And then he proceeded to hang up a photo of him in basic and AIT uh, during Tradoc. He hangs up a photo of himself. He posts a photo of himself talking about, yeah, I'm grateful that I got to serve, you know, and happy Veterans Day to me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, you didn't even make it through training. You never served a day on active duty. And it's, well, I'm a veteran. You need to respect that, blah, blah, blah. So people were pulling up the definition of what a veteran is, which obviously it's a person who serves over 180 days on active duty. If you have served over 180 days on active duty, then you can classify yourself as a veteran. You can do that. Of course. That is 180 days excluding TRADOC. So that's six months without TRADOC. And for those of you, and those, and for those of the civilians of us, civilians that don't know, TRADOC is your basic training and your AIT for Marines. It'll be your, uh, it'll be your boot camp and your crucible and your, uh, MOS training air force. It's your boot and AFSC coasties and Navy, whatever the fuck you guys call it, but it's whatever you do for training, like from basic until basic and MOS training, that is your trade-off. Aside from everything else, then that's when you're considered full-on active. That's it. Uh, but what I mean by a certain attitude, folks, is the whole... I'm better than you because I served or I'm stronger than you because I served, blah, 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 blah. And completely have a good one. And completely disregarding anybody else who is currently serving or who you may know that's currently serving. That is the attitude I'm kind of talking about here when I mean self-entitled veterans. 
Is there uh, anything you want to add, Herman? No, man. I think we you covered there? that. Yeah, I think Definitely. we covered that. So, now, next topic that I'd like to go ahead and talk about. And this is going to be one that kind of, you know, targets pretty much a lot of our audience. If not all of them. Exactly. Our our potential run-in with Ukraine. Veterans are kind of wondering, and so are active duty, they're kind of wondering, you know, whether or not that they got to put their boots on and get fucking ready in case something happens in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would say keep your boots near, but don't put them on yet. Because the reason is, shit's popping off, we know it, and it doesn't help that our current commander-in-chief is making decisions that, how should I put it politely, he's making decisions that are unfavorable in the American public's eyes. So, I know Cody has a little bit to add to that. So go ahead, Cody. Please sh- shed some light on some of your thoughts about our potential interaction with the Ukraine. So my experience with involving Ukraine and everything uh, basically goes like this. It's been – I was stationed over in Germany and everything. Ukraine is not that far from Russia. I, I will say that. It is almost damn near next-door neighbor. I. but it's it's complicated between Russia and Ukraine. For those of you in the past, uh, Russia's had a rocky relationship with a lot of the countries up there in the Baltic states. For anybody that studies World War II history or pre-World War II or uh, war history in general, the Winter War, which is one of the greatest, which is where one of the greatest snipers was referenced, Simo Haya. known as the White Death. Anyways, carrying on. For any veteran that's recently got out and everything, I agree with Herman. Keep them near. Don't put them on just yet. Let's see how everything is going to play out. My advice to everybody is take everything you hear with a grain of salt unless you hear it from higher or unless you get a letter or an email stating state of recall. You almost forgot about the one sniper that came second to that person, the Raya Ligma. Mm. 